This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 25th, 2010. Slow Fade, Connecting with God. Presented by Disciple Member, Mr. Carlton Parker. Now, before I start this morning, let me just take a moment to thank you for being with us today. Uh, We're really glad that you have chosen Connection Church as your place to worship. How many of you like to travel? A few hands there? Yeah. Okay, good. So, if you like to travel, you take time during this time of the year to plan out your excursions. You might do some uh, research on the internet, check your maps, decide where you want to go. And you may travel by car, bus, train, plane, boat. Might take a walk, ride a bike. Get out and be, get out and see what's out there, be with your family. Now, if you have young children that travel with you, anywhere from the ages of 10 and younger, you might hear that famous question when you're on the road, which is what? Are we there yet? You guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? Are we there yet? Now, I know that us, when we travel, if we get a chance to, Courtney asked that question, it may be for her, which could be a long period of time, but about five minutes will go by and she'll ask the question again, are we there yet? And if it's not, are we there yet? It's when are we going to get there or how long is it going to take? Now, it's hard for us to answer those questions. And in her little world, I understand it's really, really important that she knows that. What I'm going to ask you to do is sort of focus on that question, are we there yet? As we hear the message this morning, we'll get back to it as, as time goes on. Well, let me take a moment to say good morning. My name is Carlton Parker, and it is my pleasure to be here today to bring you the message. Um, And the message that has been chosen by God, His words, I've just been chosen to be the messenger today. If you would, please pray with me. Gracious God, we thank you for bringing us here today for another opportunity to gather. Please use your words delivered by this unworthy sinner to transform the hearts of those worshiping today. Use the Holy Spirit to shower us with your grace. And we pray this in your Son's name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Connection Church says, Amen. Well, today we are completing a four-week series entitled Slow Fade. Week one focused on our thirsting and knowledge and understanding and where we were encouraged to get back into God's Word for a better understanding of who God is while preventing that slow fade of our hunger and the loss of our spiritual appetites. Week two encouraged us to get out and tell our story. Everyone has a story. Everyone's got something to tell, something to share. Talk about the wonderful gift that we found in Jesus Christ. And when we stop telling our story, then that slow fade in our spiritual lives begins to take over. We need to develop ways to avoid that tired laziness that gets in the way of us sharing God's good news. Last week, if you were here, you got a chance to hear Lori Brown uh, speak to us about our need to stay connected with one another and with others through servanthood. She challenged us to step out of our comfort zone to experience the joy that comes from the model that Christ has presented to us with his service to other people. And so today, we're at week four, and our focus and approach this week will build on ways to stay connected to God. God's goal for each and every one of us here today 
is to grow to be the person that God has always wanted us to be, the person that he intended us to be when he first thought of us. And when I think of the things in those terms, I refer to the long journey that process will take, and I wonder if we ever really will ever get there, remembering that statement from our, our seven-year-old that when we have when we travel. Now, most Christians love an opportunity to tell their story, to share their testimony, to talk about their connection to God, to talk about what has happened with them in their past to get them to this point, talk about how God has carried them through the roughest times, the darkest of days, the deepest experience, only to have them encounter the joy of the revelation. They speak about that point in time when they made the decision to bring Christ directly into their lives and into their heart and to be saved by Christ's blood. You know, throughout my life, I've tried and worked really hard, diligently, to create a testimony. I've always wanted to be able to deliver the, the statements and the stories that I've seen and heard over the years and over the travels and over the miles that I've seen, those stories that encompass the very thought of a very meaningful spiritual connection to God. Many of those testimonies, they speak about some trauma that ha- may have happened in their lives that completely changed them. Maybe the testimony has included some time of being incarcerated where they made a decision while incarcerated to accept Jesus. Some speak about their death or near-death experiences and where promises were made to God. I'm sure you've heard this before. God, if you get me through this, I will live my life for you. Now, some folks have held on to those promises and, and some have not as time goes on. But that's been an important part of who their story is and who they have become. And as time goes on, we try to decide what's going to be a part of our story, what's going to be a part of our testimony. Many testimonies have, may have included some type of addiction that they have, have been struggling with throughout their entire life. But once they make that decision to turn away from that addiction, then they take God in. They decide that God is the way, Jesus is the way, and the life for them. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Testimonies have taken you through that transformation. From the way life was to the way life is. To the things I used to do, coming back to the things I now do. Getting away from the old, coming back to the new. Now, the struggle that I have dealt with in writing a testimony is that you know, my, my life never really experienced any traumatic experiences. I never experienced some of those times that I spoke to you about that caused my life to stop and forced me to take a different direction. I've not had times where I've been at the lowest point in my life, and because my life has not included those times, I thought for the longest time, and I, and I have to say up until only recently, I thought I didn't have a testimony. I didn't have a story to share. When someone asked me to talk about my life, I didn't have anything to say. Because I thought about who I was and who I wanted to become, only to realize that my testimony actually started long before I was born. It actually started at a point in my life way before I was placed in my mother's womb. I've been thought of by God, by God even before anyone else have, has, thought of, has thought of me. 
I thought that my connection to God was flawed, and I had nothing to say. Now, I must say to you that there have been key events in my life, maybe not traumatic in, in, in so many words, but there are those times that would, I would consider life-changing for me. Now, all of us have been young in, in our points in times, and, and how many of us were considered ornery when we were young? Yeah, there's a couple hands over there. I see a couple key people. And, and there are some individuals I might consider ornery at this point in time in their life. How about that? Yeah, I see a couple of key hands over here too. Now, I have to, I use that as an example because when I was young, my sister and I, you know, with, with brothers and sisters, there's always sibling rivalry. And whenever we were traveling with our parents and asking, are we there yet or when are we going to get there? my parents would get so frustrated that sometimes we'd hear the statement, boy, if you don't be quiet, I'm going to smack you upside the head. (laughs) Now, if you know my mom, you know there's no head smacking going on whatsoever. But if she had to use that statement, it definitely got my attention. These key points in my life, you know, when I think about those, I wonder if those were not times that God smacks us upside the head to make us realize Be aware of what's happening in you right now. Think about what this is about. Take time to consider what's going on in your life and watch your testimony begin to develop from that time. If you don't mind, I'd like to share some of those key points with you. The first I'd like to share really uh, centers centers around my marriage to my best friend Jane. If you don't know Jane, she and I have been friends for a long time. And when I say a long time, I mean a long time. I had made a decision in my life at some point in time that I was going to remain single. And this is, I had been through college and had a job and established myself, and I thought, I heard God say to me that you're going to be a single man working for me, being a man for God. Don't worry about getting married. Don't worry about having a family. I want you to do my work as a single person. And I had accepted that. I was good with that. Now, throughout all this time, Jane and I had met each other, spent lots of time together. Our friendship began to build and began to grow. And from the first day we met, 13 years later, I got smacked upside the head. And she would tell you the exact same thing. It was a long, long night and a long phone call where we both came to the realization and, and God said, there, there's something here. There's a plan. And I have to thank God for taking the 13 years to build that friendship, to build that foundation, to bring the two of us together to develop the life that we have now. And as a result of that, we have a seven-year-old, and our daughter Courtney is the best thing that's happened to both of us. Now, part of that in my story would include the fact that I was ready to be single, living a life for God, doing his thing, but he had a different plan for me. Another key event in my life would, would center around the fact that I was living in a town previously. I used to live in Seaford where, before I came here. And I had been there and settled down for a number of years. To a point where you get to a community, you get yourself in a job, you get involved in a church, community organizations where you think at some point in time, this is it. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I've settled. This is what God has placed before me. Well, needless to say, I got smacked upside the head one more time, only to realize that God wanted me to be someplace else. Now, I thank him that that place happens to be right here. We we made a decision, along with God, working through God, that we needed to pack up our family, leave both our jobs, 
leave our friends and leave some of our family to end up here in Middletown. Some of you were a part of that transition for us, and I thank God for you each and every day. But I also thank him more that I'm able to stand here and share that part of my testimony and my story. This is one of the greatest things that has happened to us, and we share that every time we get a chance to do that. The third key event that I want to share with you with the time that we have today uh, centers around the, this, this small black box here. And I have to tell you, um, this story sort of starts with my wife and I talking about uh, our childhood again and, and how ornery we both were when we grew up. But part of our discussion centered around times that we spent with our father. Now, my father-in-law is an amazing person. Um, whenever we get a chance together, we have wonderful discussions, and, and he just loves every bit of his life. We're talking about times with our dads. I, I thought long and hard and realized I didn't have much to say. I didn't have too many stories to share about the time with my father. And that is, is somewhat disheartening. I was talking to my mom about the conversation that we were having, and, and, and my mom likes to keep things. And um, she had found this, this black box and, and, and given it to me as, as part of the treasures that she found around the house. I didn't tell you, um, my father actually was a Methodist minister. He was a great preacher, fantastic speaker, well-known throughout the area, was called many places and many times to come preach and, and share God's Word. Dynamic person. So when we considered and thought and talked about what our life was like with our fathers, I didn't have much to say. So I received this box, and in and, um, and opening it, I found this um, small traveling communion set. I don't know if you can see this or not. This is a set that he may have taken as he went to visit sick folks or shut-in parishioners that may not have had a chance to come to church on Sunday to have communion. So he would take this. This is about 50 years old. He would take this to visit them, spend time with them, maybe do a Bible study, Bible reading, but he would share communion so that even though there may not have been a chance to be at church that day, they would feel a part of the body of Christ. So when I received this, I realized why I didn't have stories to share with me and my dad. Because he was out sharing God's gospel with other people. He was out taking the word to others. Now, I have to be honest with you. I spent a long time being angry about that. That really weighed heavy on my heart that he was not there. But now, as I think and I pray, and I thank God that he was able to take his gospel, God's gospel, to other people. Now, this, this little black box sits on my desk at work because it's a reminder to me that I need to be there for some of those students, some of my students that don't have stories to share about their fathers. I need to do that. It also reminds me that if I'm at, I'm at work one night at 6 or 7 o'clock, i got a 7-year-old and a wife at home, I'm going to get my butt home. I'm going to get smacked upside the head. <laughs> so this is my reminder. I also didn't share with you, my dad died when I was only nine years old. But as you can see, he still lives in me and is a major portion of my life every single day. 
And I'll close that story out by just encouraging dads, please spend time with your kids. Spend time with your children. You have no idea what the effect will be. You do not know what the result will be. But I'm here to, here to tell you that it will make a difference in who they are and who they have become. Spend time with your kids. So in sharing those three key events, I guess I've sort of shared my testimony. That's who I am and that's who I have become. I've accepted these important times in my life as, as part of my testimony because each and every one of them, in, in their own way, has had a major effect in who I am and as I stand here before you today. I realize now that God has chosen me to be a work in progress from the very, very time that he first thought of me until today, and then more tomorrow and days to come. Because you see, as I learn about my conversion, I realize that this conversion is a process. It happens only once, but not all at once. Let me say that again. Conversion is a process. It happens only one time, but not all at once. It's a lifelong process of dying to oneself and rising to what is good and true. So instead of building a, te- a testimony excuse me, around one single event, God has been building my testimony from long before he even placed me in my mother's womb. I am pleased to say that he ain't done yet. Who knows what's left to come? Just the fact that he's not done with me, God is also not done with you. So, what does the connection to God mean for each of us, and what does it mean for God? Paul wrote about this in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And some of you may know this as the fruits of the Spirit. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. As a clear explanation, let's take a look at what Eugene Peterson has said in the message. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life and serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Reviewing verse 23 may explain a portion of this transformation that our lives experience. Included in this change is a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. These are the fruits that make people happy and agreeable to one another. And also by learning what God has expected of us as connected Christians, he also makes clear that those things, of those things that we are not to do, things that we are to steer clear of and to avoid. So maintaining a connection with God builds spiritual maturity, within us and allowing the fruits of the Spirit to mature and often ripen. Obviously, when you go to the, to the fruit market, you want to make sure you get fruit that's ripe because no one wants old, squishy fruit. 
Now, if you indulge me for a few minutes, let's use this word ripe and talk about how we can use it to further understand our connection to God. Start with the R. The R will stand for restore. Through the fruits, God restores us like the restoration of an old painting. This delicate and fragile process starts by meticulously removing the dirt, the grime, and the impurities that have covered the original masterpiece. Once all of those contaminated layers are removed and cleansed away forever, then the beauty of the original creation can be seen and enjoyed, much like I spoke to you earlier about taking the old and bringing the new, getting rid of the dirt and junk that's in the way, brings you to a new life in Christ, restores you to a new life in Christ. The I will stand for impart. The word impart is defined as passing on or communicating or giving a quality to something. In this stage, we will receive righteousness of Christ because he imparts or passes his holiness to us. Part of becoming a new will be receiving God's holiness and deciding to turn your life around and making a decision to move in his direction, imparting his holiness upon us. The P will stand for perfecting. As I mentioned earlier, this conversion process happens only once, but not all at once. This is not something that will happen overnight or over a series of nights, and we're talking about a lifelong process. And in my case, it's been 50 years, and who knows how many more years it will be it may be even a longer process for you. Are you prepared to stay in it for the long haul as God takes you through this conversion? The E will stand for equipping. The Holy Spirit provides us with the tools to be the hands and the feet of Christ. The Great Commission uh, from the Bible charges us to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, using God's word as your guide on how to use the tools that the Holy Spirit has given you. What are you going to do with this new connection to God? How is it going to affect your life? Now, as ripened fruit, God expects us to strengthen our connection with him even more as we continue to grow. Jesus compares us to a vineyard, reminding us in John 15, 4, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As Christians, we are a continual work in progress, not finished products. We must do what we do to allow God's Holy Spirit to continue to work in us. Staying connected to God will bring you into a life of his holiness and allowing the connection to break or to dissolve, can be defined by the word sin. That connection being broken, defined by sin. Now, of course, that's for another time and another message. We won't get too much into that now. But we must continually grow in his spirit to become the person that we were when God first thought of us for the very first time. So, what about you? What can you do right now, today, to strengthen your connection with God? Well, you can pray. That's where you can start. You can fortify your connection by praying. As we get into our last song this morning, if you would like to take some time at the steps here, God will love to see you on your knees. If you feel more comfortable connecting to God 
praying while you're at your seats, please take time to do that. If you're interested in having someone pray with you, join us back in the corner. And there's family back there that would spend time with you and help you restore that connection, help you rebuild that connection. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Spirit, excuse me. And Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, and you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So the next time you're out traveling with your family and your little one asks, are we there yet? You can honestly answer, no, we are not. And thanks to God, we've got a long way to go. Thank you for your time and your attention this morning. Would you please pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your spirit and for your holiness. We thank you that you have allowed us as sinners, unworthy as we are of your grace, to receive the fruits of your spirit and that you have allowed us to use them to stay connected to you and to avoid that separation called sin. Help us, Lord, to find ways to stay connected. Help some of us, Lord, to find ways to reconnect. Hide your face from our sins, Father. Help us create a clean heart and a right spirit. For it's in the name of your Son that we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Connection Church says, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.